0: Sometimes we have to ask ourselves, does God even hear our prayers? And do our prayers even matter?
1: God is always there waiting to fellowship with you and answer all your prayers for His glory.
0: Welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for this episode. Today's episode is 158, and our title today is Prayer with a Purpose. Today we're going to listen in on a talk that was given at our Regarding Him conference a few years ago, actually right around the time of our COVID lockdown here in the United States. The speaker is Diane Walls, and the topic is prayer with a purpose. So let me tell you, this talk is for every single person. Let me tell you, this talk is for anyone. It's for the woman who has never prayed before in her life. It's for the woman who is struggling praying, feels like her prayers are not getting answered. It's for the woman who has prayed consistently, but maybe has hit a a lull in their prayer time. It's for the woman who is faithfully praying every day. So as I said, This talk is for everyone, because prayer is for everyone. There's so much practicality coming up in this talk. You might want to grab a notebook to write down some of the ideas and suggestions. Hey, let's jump in to listen how you and I can have a prayer with purpose.
1: Hi, I'm Diane Walls, and we are going to talk in this session about how to develop and sustain a vibrant prayer life. My theme verse for this session is Colossians 4.2. Devote yourself to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. I am a baseball fan and have been for years. My team of choice for the last 20 or 30 years has been the Cleveland Indians. I love talking about baseball, learning about the players, reading the interesting stats. And as I was talk thinking about Um, talking to you about prayer, it was actually in October of 2019, and the World Series was going on. And the underdog Washington Nationals had just won two games in the, the big deal guys, Houston Astros field. And so back they were going now to play three games in the Washington Nationals field, and I always root for the underdog team, and they were so not favored. Now, what does this have to do with prayer with a purpose? Well, what makes me or what activities point to the fact that I'm a baseball fan? What makes me a purposeful baseball fan? How do those same activities and plans make me a purposeful person who prays? Now, any analogy breaks down when you try to illustrate it with a life with God, but I trust it will help us as we examine our own prayer life. Also, if you're not a baseball fan, actually, you could care less, then substitute another sport or whatever in your life that excites you and grabs your attention, to which you're willing to pay attention to outside your normal daily routine. So back to baseball. A baseball fan has to do three things. They have to know the manager of their team. They have to appreciate the discipline that goes into playing. And they cheer them on to victory and empathize with them in defeat. So let's look at those qualities of being a baseball fan and compare them to being a prayer fan. To be a purposeful in prayer, you need to realize whom you're praying to. A woman who knows her God and who it is who is managing her life has a vibrant prayer life. We all know prayer is a part of a believer's life, and yet we all fall so short in the daily engagement with God. Have you ever said, I just don't have time to pray? Or prayer isn't going to change my situation? Or does God really hear my prayers? Or one I say, and I cringe if I say it, Well, I guess I'll just have to pray about it like it's the last resort. I really want us to know and understand whom we are approaching in our prayer. Once we have an idea of who we are conversing with and how to approach God in prayer, our desire to meet with Him will increase. So in this session, we're first going to look at who and how. Who is it we are praying to? Who is the manager of our lives and world? I want to look at two specific attributes of God. He is both transcendent and personal. Transcendent. When you come to God in prayer, you need to know him as Lord of the universe, supreme over time and space, maker of all things, the one who provided a way of salvation for you through his son, Jesus Christ, dying on the cross. There are tons of verses in the scripture that tell us who our God is, and I want to read just one, but there are more listed on the back of your handout for this session. Psalm 103.8, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. We need to understand the awesome capabilities of our God. We are helped in that by looking into the scriptures. That's why Bible reading and prayer are vital together. It is helpful for us to know who God is by looking at his attributes and And we find those in the scripture. For example, he is creator, he is gracious, he is merciful. A gift was given to me almost 20 years ago of a binder with the attributes of God listed with verses for prayer. I made a list for you, one for each day of the month with some verses, but you can add your own verses to that. And there's a link on the Regarding Him website for you to to view or download my handouts. This transcendent God is vitally concerned that women pray. All in our world is made better by praying. God works through our prayers. Do you believe that? Do you truly believe that? Believing that truth will drive and encourage you to be about praying as you are his instruments for change in our world. Think for a minute about that truth. You and I are his instruments instruments, his agents to accomplish his will in the world around us. Wow, you and me, used by God, how can that not be our desire to be a part? Is that your desire in prayer? God is transcendent all around everywhere and uses our prayers, but he is also the second attribute that I have chosen to help you understand him, Personal. The manager of your life and mine is a personal manager. This God knows you and desires that you know him. Think of some of the personal relationships that you have. Think of your BFF. You got that person in mind? What is it about this relationship that is so meaningful to you? How is God our truly best personal friend? Let me suggest some ways by using your BFF as an example. This best friend knows you, like really, really knows you, like knows your wrinkles, your habits, your faults, your inner struggles with sin. You can truly be yourself around here, her. There's an old saying that said, says, you can let your hair down around her. There's no hiding of self. The relationship is strong enough to handle the not perfectness, the no makeup, the tears, and the joys. God is this friend. He really knows you. He created you, he sustains you, and he loves you. Think about it. He loved you enough to send Jesus to die for your sins. You can be yourself with him. He knows your thoughts, your desires, and your sinful thinking even. I have often met women who will say, I want to pray about this situation, but I don't think God would like it. Or, this is a desire I have, but I don't want to waste God's time. Well, ladies, he knows your heart. Why do we try to hide our thoughts and intentions from him when he knows them already? Psalm 139.2 says, You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thoughts from afar. Psalm 94.11, The Lord knows the thoughts of man. They are but a mere breath. God, your friend, knows you and loves you. Second, you and your bestie love being together. It's a joy to your heart. Women are so relational. You plan and make time to interact, whether it's a call or a text, but you really cherish the lunch, the craft time, the ride in the car to a meeting. God is this personal friend that you should love to spend time with and to know better because he desires to spend time with you. That time spent is by reading the word and prayer. Sometimes you pray those, pray those quick arrow prayers like a woman is talking to you and pouring out her heart and you're praying, oh God, give me the wisdom to know what to say to her. Or you're at your desk at work and the boss walks by and says, you got to stay late tonight and you're like, send up a quick prayer. Oh God, I really, I really need to get home tonight. There's lots to do. But then there are those longer times of being together, needful talking about your life and the lives you love, but also listening. The listening part is something that I am always trying to work on. What kind of best friend would you have if when you got together, you just talked, 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 and she had to listen, listen, listen? You wouldn't have that friend for long. There is a giving and receiving of communication. She talks, you listen. You talk, she listens. It's the same with God. He desires to fellowship with you, have a conversation with you. The great, awesome God of the universe communicates with you through his Holy Spirit. But you got to talk and then listen you got to want to love being with Him on a daily basis. It's not some magic mumbo-jumbo or some incantation, but words from your heart, from your lips, from your mind. Do you love being with this personal God? Your BFF has your back. Whether your need is physical, spiritual, emotional, they are there for you to lean on. And you know that they'll be strong and solid when you are weak and vulnerable. You can call them at any time from any place. They are available to you. God's got your back. You are his child. If your view of God is a cruel, mean, out-to-get-you personality, you have a very false picture of God. Ask, seek, and knock, it says in Matthew 7. And as you fellowship with him more closely, you know what to ask, seek, and knock that would be pleasing to him and therefore to you. What would bring glory to him in a situation? Gals, God's got your back like no one else on earth. Do you believe that? Lastly, you know that if there's a need for you to be confronted about a sin or an attitude in your life, this solid great friend will be in your face in love. Proverbs 27.6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. While it still may be hard to hear words, you know down, deep down, way down, that it's what you need to hear. Why? Because you know this best friend loves you and wants the best for you. God is going to point out sin in our lives through prayer. We call it conviction. He's not gonna go on, let us go on and on being weak and sinful and not honoring him. He provides the conviction and the way of escape from that sin. A purposeful prayer fan must know the manager of her life. Know that he has her and his best interest at heart in answering those prayers. This transcendent God is your best friend forever. Now that we understand a little bit better of who we're praying to, then how do we approach this God, excuse me, who is manager of our life. God is holy, and this person that you and I are talking with in your heart and mind is God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Yet he is approachable as we treat him as holy. In Leviticus 10, 1 through 3, we have the story of Aaron, the high priest's sons, Nadab and Abihu, who did not approach God in an acceptable manner, but in a manner unpleasing to God. So let me read those verses. Now, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took their respective firepans, and after putting them in and after putting fire in them, placed incense on it and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. When God said to Aaron, then Moses said to Aaron, It is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me I will be treated as holy, and before all the people I will be honored." how do you and I approach this God? I'm not suggesting that if you don't follow set order to pray, he's going to strike you dead. But do we confess and repent of our sins each day so that daily and moment by moment, we have the freedom to come to the throne of God? God doesn't change. He is holy and we need to honor him in our approach. We must always approach God through a mediator, his son, Jesus Christ. In Romans 8:34, we read, Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather who was raised, who is at the right hand, who intercedes for us. I love the picture of Jesus before the throne of God, taking my prayers and presenting them to his father. I don't have to worry about saying the right thing as my mediator, Jesus, goes before me. We must approach him with adoration and praise. Praise is focusing on the character and attributes of God. When you and I see who God is, your soul can't help but abound in awe and worship. Shallowness and praise is how little we know about God. If the only thing that drives us into the presence of God is need or want or guilt, then we're missing a whole aspect in our prayer life of sweet fellowship with him. How often have you just spent time praising God in the worship of prayer? Remember that. We're going to come back to that a little bit later. We must approach God with humility or reverence. We don't come with our prayer journal and say, Okay, God, this is what you need to do for me today. We come humbly, knowing his ways are better than ours, and with the confidence that he loves us, so he will answer accordingly and strengthen us or change our heart. It's sort of like you moms that have children. You demand, and rightly so, respect from them, and when they come and ask you for something, you don't push them away. Sometimes you do what they request because you know it'll be good for them, and sometimes you don't do it for really the same reason. You know it wouldn't be good for them. We see so much more, or excuse me, you see so much more than they do. God does not consume us when we come to him in prayer because he loves us and desires to use his people's prayers to bring about his plans on earth. Our prayers are not passive in God's plan, but active. Our theme verse I mentioned at the beginning is Colossians 4, 2, and it begins, devote yourself to prayer. What does devote mean? How can I define that? And the way I've chosen to define it is by illustration. I have been married to my husband, Fred, or Butch, we call him, for 54 years. I can say I am devoted to him. I think of him lots during the day. I get up, and after breakfast, I think, what am I going to make for dinner? Because I know it's important to him. I go shopping, and if I'm at the grocery or buying clothes or food or something for the house, I always think, well, would Butch like this? I am aware throughout the day where he is. From the years he worked at Jeep till now in his retirement, is he at Bible study? Is he taking the grandkids somewhere? I am always aware That is the closest relationship I have on earth. That is the kind of relationship I should be developing throughout my Christian walk with my Father God. I am always aware of Him. I can seek Him for praise, help, comfort, friendship at any moment. I am aware He's right with me. Just like I talk and converse and think about my hubby, I can converse and share and think about God at any moment. Now, I'm not talking about living in la-la land, totally removed from the world, but an awareness, a faithfulness to the one who is with me at all times. Approaching this manager and the fact that we are not consumed should elicit worship and praise. Do you desire to fellowship with the creator of the universe, universe, the sustainer of the universe, who will use your prayers to bring about his plans on earth. Wow, this is your BFF. This is he who is manager of your world and life. This is he to whom your prayers are given. No more excuses, gals, not to have time to pray. Let's embrace this spiritual discipline for our lives. Will you do that? Will you be devoted to God through prayer? So if we truly know this manager of our life, then we need to discipline our life to meet with him. A purposeful baseball fan appreciates the discipline that goes into playing. To be a great baseball team takes hours of practice, batting, catching, running, conditioning, but it's worth it to the players to be the best they can be. Purposeful prayer takes discipline and work. We must do the work of prayer. Yep. I said work. Honesty calls me to say that word work. It takes directed effort on your part to form a habit of prayer. So, the pertinent question I have for you is how much do you desire to be purposeful to know your God and fellowship with Him through the discipline of prayer? I always remember reading a statement that. Billy Graham said in his later years of life. He said, if I had to do it all over again, I would have spent less time preaching and more time praying. That really impacted my life. So you say, how do we do prayer? There are so many ways. And what works for me might not be the way or method that works for you and your relationship with God. I'm going to mention some helps, but know that God has many other ways to meet with you how many of you will purpose to pray and ask God how and what would work best for you and him? Remember, your BFF knows you. So let's look at a few ways. There are form prayers. There are times when praying using helps or forms in your life is so helpful. Some people use acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Some people use the Lord's Prayer as a model, and there's a copy um, with some suggestions at the Regarding Him website. I like so much praying prayers in the Bible and taking them and praying them. I like using this because I'm praying God's Word back to Him, so I have great words Ephesians one eighteen and 19. I prayed for my daughter when she was in high school and young adult years. I prayed that the eyes of her heart would be enlightened to know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power to those who believe. There are a couple books I would recommend. One that's been helpful to me is called Praying the Scriptures for Your Children by Jody Burnt, B-E-R-N-D-T, and that might be a help to you. Or now I'm a grandma, so now I have a book called A Grandmother's Prayers by K. Swatkowski, S-W-A-T-K-O-W-S-K-I. Those might be a help to you to pray for your children and grandchildren. Or praying through prayers that someone else has written, like the book Valley of Vision, And, of course, Paul's prayers. He has so many prayers in his epistles that we can pray to him. Sometimes praying through the names of God or the attributes. Again, a link in the handouts. Um, I find these helpful to set my heart aright in worship. Then there's free prayer. Times when your heart just literally tumbles out of of your head thoughts of praise and confession and petitions to God. You see a magnificent sunset and your heart just soars to your creator. You see an accident and you're prompted by the Holy Spirit to pray for those people. You don't know them, but he does. You, you pray when you see a child who looks forlorn and sad. The Holy Spirit knows your heart is ready to pray and he gives you the request. So perhaps these would jumpstart your prayer life. There are general prayers and specific prayers. General prayers would be like keep people safe that are suffering from the virus or pray that God would rule or reign over your government or give wisdom to your elders. There's a place for general prayers. God knows who we mean, so we don't have to list every single name. But specific prayer is really important, too. I believe part of the reason we don't pray more is that we don't see answers to our prayers. And part of the reason is our wimpy prayers, for lack of a better term. You have not because you ask not. Specific prayers will strengthen your prayer life when you see specific answers. Now, all prayers are covered with the bottom line, what is God's will. We're not dictating to God, but asking boldly. So ask specifically and watch for answers. When my brother was going through chemo for his cancer, I prayed not that he would make it through the next chemo treatment, but specifically that he wouldn't be nauseated, that he wouldn't get those sores in his mouth, that he would be able to eat. And I saw God specifically answer those prayers like I requested. And my prayer life was strengthened. I also prayed that God would heal him and that he wouldn't suffer. And God heard that prayer. My brother didn't suffer long, but on earth he wasn't healed. I saw God's mercy in those last moments reading scripture and praying for my brother in the peacefulness of his death. Hebrews 4.16, therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Confident and boldly, would that describe your prayer life? If not, why not? Do you think God isn't big enough or powerful enough to answer your prayers according to his will? Sometimes the Lord asks us to pray for a while and we keep persistently doing that, waiting on him. Then sometimes through prayer, we realize that God has a different plan and then we change our prayers to be in line with his leading. Pray prayers that are specific and watch your desire for prayer soar. He will answer because he promised to. There's a place and time for prayer. Prayer for sure is best in the morning to start your day with God. So set a place and meet with him. I love the story of Suzanne Wesley, John Wesley's mom. And she had 19 children, of which 10 were around at any given time. But in the morning, she would sit in her chair and she would take her apron and throw it over her head. And that was her meeting place with God. Her kids knew not to bug her. Maybe we should buy or make aprons and give us a gift. But I suspect that unless your children are very small and there's no other kids to watch them, I suspect you could pick a chair in the morning and sit there and pray. Tell your kids you're meeting with the Lord. What a testimony. Would you be willing to get up 10 minutes before everybody else or 15? I am sure God cares less about the amount of time and more about the meeting with him. Some of you are night people, pray before you go to bed, or purpose to pray at specific times, when you're making dinner, when you're driving to work, when you're folding clothes. I am convinced that if you start a regular habit of daily prayer, even for five minutes, you will be so blessed that the time will lengthen by itself because you so love being with your God and love seeing him answer prayers. Another help is to pray at a specific time when prayer is needed. I always ask when someone asks me to pray, if they're having a procedure done or meeting with a friend, I always ask for the time. And my friends always used to laugh at me, but now they automatically give me a time. Even my grandchildren will text me and say, pray for me, I have a circuit exam at 11 a.m., God is so faithful to me to most often remember the person at that situation at that time. It is truly amazing. And if I miss the time, hey, God's still listening. As a baseball player disciplines their practice life, how can I discipline my prayer life? How can I pray for it all? Family, church, um, school, neighbors, friends. John Piper was a help to me in that he talks about praying in concentric circles. So worship is the, the center of the circle, and then you can list family and church, and then you move out, and it can be school and sports and your neighbors, and then the government and it's very helpful because you can skip one of the circles and so you pray for all those things at least once a week. There's a link for your own prayer circle at the Regarding Him Him website. A prayer journal is what works for me. My hubby, on the other hand, uses a phone app. I like a journal because it organizes my thoughts and reminds me to pray for people I said I would pray for. It lets me see God's answers to prayer. It gives me the opportunity to ask them, how are things going? I have two journals, one for my family and the other for all the other things. Both were gifts to me. Maybe you could gift someone, even yourself, with a prayer journal. Pray out loud. I read that the biggest barrier to prayer is distraction. How many of you get distracted in prayer like me? It takes desire and training to stay focused in prayer. And praying out loud is one way to help this. It's hard to pray out loud and plan your dinner, but it's real easy to plan your dinner when you're just thinking. Be creative to pray out loud, and maybe only at special times, like taking a walk or waiting in the carpool line to pick up your child from school. You could pray out loud. Everybody else will just think you're singing. Go down the basement. Praying out loud really does help keep you focused. To be a fan of praying takes discipline and work. But just like playing in the postseason in baseball is a result of discipline, so discipline in prayer gleans great rewards and Christ-like growth in your life. So my question to each of you who are listening is, how much do you want to grow in your prayer life with the Lord? You're listening to this session, so it must mean something to you, something that you desire. Now, how purposeful are you going to be in pursuing the discipline of prayer? Actually, I have a challenge for you. Everyone has their cell phone, usually somewhere close by. I challenge you to set the timer for five minutes to start, and each day spend five minutes praising and listening to God. There are 1,440 minutes a day. This is five minutes. This is not the time for prayer for others, but it's your time with you and God, praising Him and listening. And you're probably thinking, how do I do that? Well, sit and think through the last part of the Bible you read and what you learned about God. Take the sheets that come along with this session, the attributes of God and the names of God, and focus on one and praise God for what he is to you in that attribute or name, merciful, long-suffering. Play a favorite hymn or chorus and sing in your heart to God and then sit quietly and worship and listen. I know that the time will prove so helpful in your life that pretty soon five minutes will not be enough. After five minutes of talking with your true BFF, then go on to your journal or your app or your list. But those first five minutes of sweet fellowship with God, the manager of your life, will change your life. Lastly... I said a baseball fan cheers their players on to victory and agonizes with them in defeat, looking forward to the next season. Romans twelve fifteen says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. You will be doing that in your prayer life. When you pray for people, they become one with you. Your heart rejoices at their good fortune and weeps when they suffer. You become a team. You love them. I have prayed for a couple young men in our church and their moms that God would build that relationship. They don't even know it. But when I see these young men, they talk with me, and sometimes they give me a hug. And I believe it's a connection because I'm praying for them, even though they don't know I'm praying for them. Through prayer, you are cheering others on to victory over sin, for example, and through prayer, you agonize with them when sin trips them up. You are a true praying fan for them. The manager is still in control, but you are disciplined to do the work on the field of life, praying all the while. There will be tears of sadness, but the joy of hope that Jesus will win in their lives like he has in yours. I started this session telling you that I was listening to the World Series and the underdog team was was down was winning by two. Games and the World Series is the best four out of seven games. So, back, so now they're going to Washington Stadium and they have three games there. So, all they had to do was win two games to win the World Series on their home field and they lost all three games. So, back they went to the Houston ballpark, down three to two. But behold, the underdog Nationals won the last two games on the opposing team's home field. It was great watching for a baseball fan. How to develop and sustain a vibrant prayer life? Know the manager of your life. Will you spend time reading in the word of God to know who he is? Do you believe that he's all-knowing, all-wise, and is your BFF? Do you know that he desires to spend time with you as you pray? Do you believe that he uses your prayers to accomplish his work? How magnificent. We need to know and fellowship with the manager of our lives, and that happens through reading and prayer. Will you do it? Know that it does take discipline and work. Anything of value takes work, and prayer is so valuable in our lives. But you, wanna, you have to want to be used and spend the time getting God's plan through prayer. Will you commit to between now and this summer, purposing to improve your prayer life, whether that's just beginning a time of prayer each day or developing a consistent way to pray or place to pray or saying, I'm going to work on my prayer life and ask for God's help, whatever it takes to develop it. I am so convinced if you will do the work, you will so desire the time in prayer that it will go on and on. By summer, you'll be in full swing. Are you game to change your prayer life? And finally, know that you will see victory and defeat from our perspective in your life and the lives of others we're praying for, but God is always there waiting to fellowship with you and answer all your prayers for his glory. We are set, gals, to win the game on the enemy's field. Satan is the ruler of the world now, but Jesus is coming again. I want to be part of helping my team win by doing the work of prayer. Are you ready to sign up to be on God's prayer team? Let's pray. Father, I pray that all who hear your word from this session that you they would desire to improve to increase to start their own prayer time with you and that it would be such sweet fellowship that will go on and on and i pray that you will use all these prayers for your glory to bring about your plan in your world we thank you in your son's name amen
0: What a great, great practical talk on prayer. I personally was encouraged. I also loved her illustration that she used to compare prayer to baseball, even though I'm not even a baseball fan. I hope you found that to be helpful, and I hope that you found some things you can apply in your life, in your prayer life today. I really love Diane's suggestion to just set a timer for five minutes and start praying. That's something that every woman listening can do today. And even if you only pray for five minutes, that is a great start. I hope and pray that you are encouraged and blessed today. All right, it's time for this episode's Tiny Tidbit. A tiny tidbit is a small, tiny piece of information that can help you in a really big way. Today's Tiny Tidbit is brought to you from Jenny Pollock. Jenny is a sweet friend of mine, and I'm so happy that you're here. So we are going to hear from you. All right. Thanks, Julie. My tidbit
2: is about praying for my children. There's so many things that I would love to pray for them. And Mm -hmm. a tool that I use to help me kind of stay organized is a book. And the book is called Praying the Scriptures for Your Children by Mm. Jody Byrne. Actually, you recommended this book at some point. (laughs) I love this book. Yes. Um, And in that book, you know, she organizes prayers into categories like faith, character, safety, relationships. And each of those categories has subcategories. So each day I try to go to a subcategory and use that prayer that's taken right from scripture to pray for my kids. And in each prayer, there's a little line. You can write initials or their name, and you pray for them, and I date it. And then I also go through and write it in a journal with their names, and then I can expand there or, you know, give God praise, and I see answered prayers there as well. right, right. I kind of hope maybe someday I can look back at this with my kids and say, look at— the faithfulness of god and see
0: what he's answered and how he's used me to pray for them yeah that's awesome those books are awesome they have um a new one coming out that is um praying for your praying scripture for your husband oh i would love that i know i thought that was great i think it's actually coming out in may of 2023 so whenever this episode comes out we're recording these in april but whenever that comes out you know You'll have to look for it. Yes, so. I will. And for your adult children, which is very good. i I picked up those that book a while ago. And it's helpful because your prayers change as your kids grow older. Yeah. You sure. know, so it's good to think about other things like jobs and spouses right, yeah. and all that. When maybe they're little you're not thinking about their job. So anyway. Right. So cool cool. That's great. We'll put that in our show notes.
2: Oh yeah, book. great, yes
0: because it would be helpful for women to use it.
2: Yes, I love this. It's such a great tool.
0: Yeah, thank you, Jenny. That's a good idea. Great tidbit today. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Julie. (laughs) Hey friends, don't forget to join our Facebook and our Instagram at women of the word CTW. You can follow or like us there. Also, we have an email You are welcome to shoot me an email at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you for your suggestions um, or ideas or thoughts about an episode. You can always find that information in our show notes each and every week. As always, remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress because of God. Until next time.